Welcome and greetings, career-minded superstars. You are listening to the exclusive Career Coach, your podcast for all things career. And I'm Lisa Edwards, the indispensable career coach for superstars just like you. Now let's dig into this week's topic, shall we? Go from dragging yourself to work each day to finding a job you love. The Career Spring program is for high-achieving and ambitious mid-level professionals like you who are looking for a job that uses your zone of genius, recognizes your value, and pays you what you're worth. If you're ready to learn more, schedule a complimentary consult using the link to my calendar in the show notes. Be sure to follow me on Exclusive Career Coaching on Facebook, Lisa Edwards on LinkedIn, and Lisa.Edwards on Instagram. Greetings. Hope that you are having a lovely, wonderful November. And if you're listening to this live or thereabouts, it's Thanksgiving time here in the United States. You may have Thanksgiving at a very different time of the year wherever you live. I think it was in October for the Canadians. And maybe you don't celebrate Thanksgiving at all. But every year at this this particular week, I do five unusual things to be thankful for for that week. and. I find this episode very cathartic. I hope you do as well. It is career-related and life-related, so it's it's about me, but how it relates to you. So I think you'll find this information useful, at least one of the five things that I'm going to talk about. As a reminder, I have a webinar coming up on January 11th. You can sign up for that now using the link in the show notes. It's called The Three Things You Haven't Thought About for Your Next Job Search. And we are going to get you clarity around what you're looking for, around the values that you want in an employer and in a job environment, the skills that you bring to the table, what your professional purpose is. In other words, what you were put on this earth uniquely to do. So please sign up for that and I'll see you there. All right. So my list for 2021. And and again, these are unusual things to be thankful for, things that on the surface may not seem to be blessings, but have been for me in hindsight. At the time, not so much. So number one, I am thankful for friends who weren't. This year, I completed relationships with a, a couple, male and female couple, who I thought were two of my best friends. And the reason that I completed the relationship isn't important. I'm not going to go down that road. But here's what I learned. Number one, not everyone is meant to stay in your life for the rest of your life. And this is something I have preached many years. So I didn't just learn it, but it reemphasized it for me that sometimes we just complete relationships. And I like that term. That's a term that my coach uses, that relationships complete. Also, I learned that completing a relationship with close friends forces you to own your own part in the relationship failure. And I use air quotes on the word failure and then let the rest of it go. So I really had to do some thought work around where did I fail in this relationship and what is on them? What what am I going to let them have? And I'm not going to take that on. I also learned that in my particular situation, it forced me to focus of what I think of me. And remember that what other people think of me is none of my business. And so I really had to get over the thought that there might be negativity spread about me and the story is not, you know, my version of the story is being spread out there and that that's okay because what I think of me is what matters and I think great things about myself. And then also 
Completing a relationship opens you up to room for new friendships. You know, you can't navigate a lifetime of friendships if all you're ever doing is collecting them, adding them, and never subtracting any. So I have really worked on that thought of now I have room for two people in my life who took up a fair amount of my time before. And so I've got, I've got the space to bring new people into my life. And that's how I choose to think about it. So do any of those points about what I learned about this friendship resonate with you? So are there people in your life with whom it is time to complete a relationship? Are you owning more than your share of the breakdown of a relationship? Are you taking it all on? Are you taking 90% of it on? There is a saying that I've often repeated, and I think it's so useful. There are people who come into your life for a reason. There are people who come into your life for a season, and there are people who come into your life to stay, meaning that there are some people who come into your life for a specific purpose, to teach you something, to show you something, to reveal something about yourself, to help with something. They come into your life for a reason. They're not meant to stay. They are seasonal. Then there are people who come into your life for a season, and that season could be a specific stage of your life that you might need support with. It could be a season in that I think of seasons around I might live in an apartment complex for two years and make friends with someone. And then once I move, we're, we, we don't stay in touch or I you know belong to a group and I'm a friend with this person as long as I'm in the group or at that in work environment. But I don't carry that friendship with me once I leave. And then a lifetime are those people who come into your life to stay. And I, in my experience, oftentimes kind of know pretty quickly that this is somebody, although I have been surprised, I was definitely surprised about this couple. I thought they were lifetime friends, but you oftentimes kind of get that feeling right off the bat that this is somebody who's going to be in your life forever. So that's number one. I am thankful for friends who weren't. Number two, I am thankful for being in pain throughout my vacation. That may sound very strange, but for three years now, I've had a fair amount of medical issues around a fall that I took at a local grocery store here in Tallahassee. And in September of this year, I took a vacation to St. Lucia with my daughter and my daughter-in-law. And if you've never been there, it's a volcanic island and it's very hilly. So our villas were literally built into the side of a mountain. And we had a, a van that would shuttle us up to our villa and shuttle us down if we needed to go. And we were actually the lowest tier because it kind of snaked. If you think about an S, it just snaked its way up the mountain. And we were right in front of the, of the ocean. So we were the closest to, you know, the restaurants and the beach area and all of that. But still, I could not walk up that hill. So I really struggled with all the stairs there. We had three levels in our villa. So that was a lot of walking up and down. And they were very narrow and steep steps. And Monday after I got back from vacation, so I, I drove in early Saturday morning back to Tallahassee. And Monday morning I was in the chiropractor's office because I was a hot mess. And I talked to him about needing some more referrals that we needed to do more. So it really got my attention on this trip because I love to travel and plan to do a whole lot more of it now that COVID is 
winding its way down. And I don't want to be in pain like that, and I don't want to be so physically limited. So we got me connected to a physical therapist that I'm absolutely crazy about. I started with a new massage therapist that my chiropractor wanted me to get with. I switched up my diet. I started exercising more. So it really got my attention. Coming face-to-face with my physical limitations really spurred me on to become more aggressive about solving this problem. Maybe your limitation isn't physical. Is it a perceived mental limitation or an emotional limitation? Do you think you need more education or credentials to be successful? So you have two options in this situation. And one is, okay, I'm going to make the necessary changes, kind of like I did on the Monday after I came back from vacation. I'm going to do it. Here's the plan. And I I just started, right? I didn't have to make drastic changes on day one. I didn't have to know what all the changes were going to be. I just started. I made a a step. I scheduled the appointment with the chiropractor, talked to him about it, and I immediately started changing up my diet. So those were two things that I could do right off the bat. The other option is to change your attitude. So decide that you're really okay, truly okay with your limitations. It's okay. You know, I don't have a bachelor's degree and I'm fine with that. I'm 40 pounds overweight and I'm fine with that. I am single and I'm fine with that. Whatever it is, you want to believe that you are still worthy and still capable, fully capable, even if you have these perceived limitations and you're going to live life to the fullest anyway. And you don't get to complain. If this is the option you choose, no complaining, because if you're going to complain, you need to do something about it. And by the way, with this one, I think it's good to believe that you're really okay as you are and if you choose the option to make changes. I love my life now. I'm happy with my life now. Life isn't going to be better when I lose the weight or get in better physical health or whatever the thing is, but I'm going to do it anyway because I want to evolve to a better version of myself. Number three, I am thankful for extreme discomfort in my personal life. So throughout this year, in addition to physical pain, I've experienced a lot of discomfort in my personal life. So discomfort in the sense of I evaluated my life and I realized that my attentions had been focused on my business, very much so. And I have those results to prove it, very excited about where that's at. But at the same time, I hadn't been paying attention to the other areas of my life. So social and and until recently, the physical part was suffering. And so I decided to fix that. I started working with a life coach and doing some work on my own to create the life that I want. And so what I think happened is I think uh, as I thought about this situation and how I wanted to express it to you is I think that as I evolved to a new version of myself to achieve the business goals that I had set, there was this new version of Lisa out there. And so there was a, a bigger separation for me in the other areas of my life because I was evolved in business and not evolved in these other areas. So that difference, that gap widened and I didn't like it. I want to be as satisfied with my social life and how I spend my free time and my living environment as I am with my career. I want to have equal satisfaction. It doesn't mean that I'll be in the same place with all of those things or that I'll be working on them all simultaneously. That's insane. But I want to move forward in each of those areas. And here's what I think this kind of dissatisfaction can teach you. So 
whatever facet of your life. It could be your career, but it could also be your health. It could be your social situation, your personal, your romantic relationships. The first thing I think it teaches you is that you are supposed to evolve throughout your life. And it's extremely uncomfortable to do that. It's uncomfortable to recognize that dissatisfaction, that discomfort, and it's uncomfortable to do something about it. But here's the thing. You're going to be uncomfortable either way because the process of evolving to a new version of you takes you out of your comfort zone and that is uncomfortable. But it is also uncomfortable to stay where you're at. When that nudging of the universe is pulling you in a certain direction and you're ignoring it or disregarding it, that is uncomfortable too. So you get to pick, right? You're not going to be comfortable either way. It's just what kind of discomfort. I personally want the discomfort where I am growing and becoming a better version of myself. So my recommendation here is to set goals in each area of your life and have specific strategies for achieving those goals. And that's some of the work that I have done recently is looking at those various areas. What specifically do I want to have happen and how am I going to get there? And also, when am I going to focus on that thing? Because again, I can't do them all at the same time. The fourth thing I'm thankful for in 2021 is spending a lot of money on a coach. So this started last year, but I just wrapped up as I am recording this. I just wrapped up a, another, a second engagement with my coach and I will work with her again because I adore her. So here's why I am grateful for that. I would not have evolved to where I am in my business without investing that money in a coach. So first of all, I had to be very serious and committed. I had to have my own back about this decision. I had to ask a lot of myself to get my money's worth, to feel like that was a worthwhile investment. And I had to learn to think differently, to evolve to where I'm at in my business. And bonus is I've made a lifelong friend with my coach. I adore her beyond words. And that was unexpected. I didn't, I wasn't going into it thinking, I hope I have a great friend, but I adore her. I had her on the podcast. Her name is Mimi Bishop. Had her on the podcast, uh, maybe, I don't know, 10 or 15 episodes ago, ago. And we talked about being coaches and being coached. So where are you unwilling to invest in yourself? And what are you thinking that is causing you to be unwilling to invest in yourself? And what do you need to think to become willing to invest in yourself? So it could be coaching like me. Maybe you want a life coach or a, a health coach or a personal trainer or a business coach. There's coaches for everything, right? It could be that you have thought about investing in a professional resume writer. Maybe you're sitting there thinking, would really like to work with Lisa. She must be pretty good at resume writing if she's one of 23 master resume writers in the world, but she's probably too expensive for me but you haven't asked, right? It could be learning ballroom dancing or, you know, how to play the piano, how to speak a foreign language. Here's what I know. It's almost never about the money. When we want something bad enough, we find a way. If your child, a significant other in your life needed medicine and it cost a thousand dollars, you would find that money. And so it's almost never about the money. It's about your thoughts. So we've got your belief in yourself. Do I believe that I'm worthy of spending this money on? Now, do I believe that this person that I'm talking to can help me? Will this be a good use? Is this a good program? Is this a good process that they will take me through to get the results that I want? And do I have the ability to 
do what this person tells me to do and get the results I want. So let me let me explain that. So let's take the example of ballroom dancing. So I have to believe that I'm worth whatever. Let's say it's a $500 investment for X number of ballroom dancing classes. So I have to, first of all, believe that I'm worthy of spending $500 on. And in that case, that would be money that I will not see a return on investment on financially. So I have to really believe. So it'd be like, you know, taking a painting class or, I don't know, learning how to knit. I'm probably not going to become a knitter who sells their products. I just want to learn how to do it for fun. So do I believe that I'm worth spending that money on? And then I also have to believe that the ballroom dancing place that I'm talking to, so in my case, it's the Arthur Murray studio down down the road a little bit, do I believe that they are going to be able to help me? Do I have confidence in their ability to teach dancing? And then finally, do I think that I have the ability to learn how to dance. So the first one was about, am I worth it? Am I, is this a worthwhile investment? Am I worth spending the money on? And then this one is about, will I get the results? So in the case of ballroom dancing, do I physically think that I can learn how to ballroom dance? Do I believe that I can, you know, master some basic steps, stick to some rhythms, all the things? So that's the fourth one. I'm thankful for spending a lot of money on a coach. And the last one is I am thankful for opportunities I said no to. As my practice has become more successful, I've had to let go of some subcontracting work. There was a company that I was subcontracting for. There was a company that I was set to start subcontracting with. And then recently an opportunity came, someone reached out to me and he presented some options to me as well. And I said no to all of them. Was it scary for me to say no to money, right? So it would be a semi-predictable amount of money. But what I focused on was the opportunity cost of saying yes, because in each instance, those opportunities would take time out of my schedule and would take away from my ability to build my own business. So every hour that I was giving this company for $50 or $60 an hour would be time that I wasn't spending on my business and bigger revenue that I wasn't bringing in. I was essentially trading in my unlimited potential income of my business for a semi-dependable $50 or $60 an hour. And just as with saying with friendship, saying no to some opportunities keeps you open for better ones that are a better fit for you. You're keeping space. If you think about this energetically, you think about your life, it's it's got a limited capacity of space. And I'm keeping that space open, in my case, to grow my business instead of siphoning off that time, that space in my life for the 50 or 60 bucks an hour. My daughter's t-shirt for softball when she was in high school said, good is the enemy of great. And so I think the message in, in my fifth thankful thing is to choose to wait for great and don't try to fit a square peg into a round hole. If something doesn't resonate with you, if it feels like the safe choice, maybe it's not the right choice. And, and I, it really comes back to thinking about your mindset. Why are you thinking about doing this? And in the case of the things that I've said no to, if my mindset had been, how will I pay my bills if I don't take this? I can't turn it down or I will go hungry. Then I would have said yes, but it would have been from a place of scarcity. 
Instead, I looked at the potential of my business, my confidence in my ability to get there, and I said no out of a place of abundance. And so really looking at your reason for your yes or your no is super important in these kinds of situations. I hope that some of this has resonated with you. I enjoy immensely sharing these five unusual things every year. It's probably my favorite episode every year. I don't know whether it's yours or not, but I love doing it. And a reminder again, sign up for the webinar on January 11th, the three things you haven't thought about to prepare for a successful job search. And I will see you next week. Take care. You've been listening to the Exclusive Career Coach with Lisa Edwards, CEO of Exclusive Career Coaching. It would be great if you would rate, review, and subscribe to this podcast. Also, I want to be your career coach, so be sure to ask questions about your career management challenges and job search situation. Until next time.